A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm (gasps) Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who do not know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Duck Soup. You can leave in a taxi. If you can't get a taxi, you can leave in a huff. If that's too soon, you can leave in a minute and a half. Number 60 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this quacker-upper oh. old film. Oh. Sienna, uh-huh. did you know about the Marx Brothers before this? Hell yeah. Oh, I, 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 this was my big question that's been on my mind all day. Did you know about the Marx Brothers? No. Really? I've never seen them do anything ever. I mean, I knew they exist. Yeah. Beyond that, no. Wow. This experience was like throwing a baby in a pool to me. (laughs) That is how I felt. I was a babe who'd been tossed in a pool and I was listening for the snaps above the surface (laughs) to try and find air. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm really excited to talk about it. Also, I don't feel entirely, entirely differently, despite... Let's listen to my prediction. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I'm about to watch Duck Soup. This is not my first time seeing it. I actually watched it one time to be edgy in high school at a friend's house. Oh, yeah. I am winded from running upstairs. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I know it's the Marx Brothers. And I remember there was like... 
maybe Groucho is like a, a diplomat or like a baron or something or yeah, somebody important politically is somewhere. Um, wow. And uh, I hope I enjoy it. Mm. I really don't remember much, mm-hmm. but I know it's going to be a goofy Marx Brothers time. Yeah. All right. I love you. Goodbye. Dang. Yeah. So I'd seen this movie. Um, what was this setting in which you and I assume others were like, let's watch Duck Soup. <laughs> My friend and I, who we like bonded about both liking the Little Rascals when we were younger. This was like a time when I had a laptop case with Cary Grant on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So we were like, we're going to watch Duck Soup. And once I watched it again, I did not remember anything besides that one thing that I just told you. <laughs> also, I will say, I was trying to think if they'd be like slapstick or something, but I'm like, I actually don't know. I don't remember what they even do. Yay. Anyway, Liana, I'd love to hear your prediction. All right, Sienna, here's my prediction for what I thought Duck Soup would be. Hi, Sienna, it's Liana. I am about to watch Duck Soup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about this movie. I've never heard of it, ever. I don't know what duck soup means. I imagine maybe some sort of combination of pea soup, which is fog, and what? then duck <laughs> hunting, which is, um, oh no, I guess that guy hunts rabbits from the cartoon. Yeah. Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Oh boy, I really don't know what's about to happen. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Elmer Fudd is not a bad place to start. I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight. It sort of was like a foggy Looney Tunes yeah. experience. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. <laughs> I thought about the Looney Tunes a lot through this. Do oh. you know Do you know what du- duck soup does mean now? I did Google it. Okay. Do you know what it means? I also Googled it. Okay, yeah. You say it. Well, what I Googled and found was uh-huh. that it means an easy task or someone easy to overcome. Yes. Like American a piece of cake. English slang. Right. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Duck soup? Apparently. Wow. So did you even know it was the Marx Brothers when you heard duck soup? No. When I heard duck soup, I said, what? (laughs) I'm so excited for this. (laughs) I have a little summary if you'd like to hear it. I would love to. All right. A summary of duck soup. The Marx Brothers do diplomacy and espionage. Mm. Groucho is the ruler of a fictional country called Fredonia. Mm. Harpo and Chico are spies. Don't worry about it too much. (laughs) There are musical numbers, Foley, and vaudeville antics. The brothers in question are Groucho, who has a mustache, glasses, eyebrows, and a cheeky personality. Mm. Harpo, who has curly hair, doesn't speak, uses all sound effects. Mm. Chico, Italian. (laughs) Zeppo, regular. (laughs) The end. Italian and regular. (laughs) It's like how you can get a dish at Olive Garden. (laughs) Italian or regular. (laughs) Yup. Um, Liana. Yeah. Historically, where are we at? Uh... Let's find out. (laughs) Okay. Hi, quack. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Okay. Welcome (laughs) to the historical context. Liana looks so frightened (laughs) for duck soup. The 1933 hour. (laughs) Mussolini? Yes. Heard of him. <laughs> Took the film as a personal insult and banned it in Italy. Yeah. 
And the Marx Brothers were like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's kind of a send-up of World War One. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of it is about men feeling insulted or slighted by other men and their big egos leading to this oh. huge conflict. Yeah, that does happen. Which actually is how World War One started. Wow, uh-huh. Wow, I love that. We all, or many of us, we've all heard about the assassination of the Archduke, which, yes, was sort of an inciting incident. Franz Ferdinand? Yes. By Gavrilo Princip? Oh, my God. <laughs> You've never been hotter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but also, male ego was a huge role in getting the ball rolling of the ball that was World War One. <laughs> Very big ball. <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be a better use of your time if you just read The Guns of August by Barbara Tuckman. <laughs> she does such a good job of outlining all of the various causes. But there were a few miscalculations that Tuckman outlines very well in her book, which I have read, but it was years ago. Um, and these miscalculations that sort of caused World War I to be the big war that it was were economic... People way underestimated how much a war was going to cost, especially uh. this one. Quote, unfounded belief in quick warfare. All sides were like, it'll be over by Christmas. Wow. We're going to be donezo by the end of 1914. Over-reliance on morale and the offensive. Everybody said, well, everybody's gung-ho for war, so it's going to be fine. And also, we're all just going to be attacking, so it'll, again, end quickly. Wow. Stupid. <laughs> Failure to consider political backlash. This was particularly talking about... Germany failing to take into consideration the fact that once they went through Belgium, which was officially neutral, Britain had a treaty that then pretty much mandated Britain to declare war on Germany because of all of these different alliances oh. in Europe at the time. And finally, outdated forms of wartime etiquette, which I love the phrasing of. But basically... It had been kind of a minute since they had done, like, a big war. Yeah. And the weapons had gotten so much worse. Right, right. <laughs> and they were like, whoa. Oh, this... Oh, my God. <laughs> this whole taking turns isn't working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's really fun about the, the book The Guns of August, what's so fun about it, <laughs> is she does go into detail about these various events that these huge heads of state met at leading up to World War One, and all of the tensions of just like literally interpersonal interactions wow. between these stupid male world leaders uh -huh. who were like, well, I felt a little bit slapped in the face by oh. the way that this guy, like the Kaiser treated me poorly at this funeral. So I'm blah, blah. And that is what we see happen in this movie. Okay, that's extremely fun. Yee! All right, the Marx Brothers. Yeah, there were baby. so many of them. I had no idea <laughs> there were four. There were and six. I've seen it. What? Not in this movie, but There's in total. Six generally? Were they actually brothers? Well, tell me. Tell me about them. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> go. Why don't you go? There were six originally. One of them did die in infancy. Oh. Sad. Um, the other five were... Okay, here we go. So their names that we know are nicknames. Their actual names were Julius, who was better known as Groucho. Adolf, later <laughs> Arthur, better known as Harpo. Herbert, or Zeppo, Leonard, or Chico, and Milton, or Gummo, who's sort of a random fifth one we have never seen on film. <laughs> but he still gets a name? Yeah. Because, all right, we'll get into it. 
This movie, Duck Soup, was Zeppo's last film. After this, he became a theatrical agent. So Zeppo was sort of the straight man character. Yeah. Gummo (laughs) (laughs) pursued a career in business, so he was not ever in any of the films. Did he go as Gummo in his business? Not in business, I don't think. He probably (laughs) went as Milton, is my guess. I don't know. The brothers were born and raised in New York City. They were, in fact, all brothers. Their parents were Jewish immigrants from Germany and from France. The family grew up quite musical. They were all encouraged to play instruments, to learn singing, etc. Their uncle, Al Sheen, who is their mother, Minnie's brother, was huge in the vaudeville scene. And he helped them get their start. So in 1907, Groucho and Gummo attend, uh, attended... Um, A vaudeville training school run by somebody called Ned Weyburn. By 1908, their mother Minnie had organized a few of them into a little vaudeville singing group. Gummo left the singing group to fight in World War I. Wow. Love that. Wow. By 1919, the remaining, I think, group, the remaining four brothers were playing the Palace Theater in New York City, which was the most famous vaudeville venue. So it was like going well for them. And it was in the vaudeville circuit where the Marx Brothers developed these stock characters who we then see in their films. So Groucho had the mustache and the cigar and was very verbose and punny. Harpo had a red wig originally and was silent. Chico had a pointy hat, an Italian accent, and often played a con man. And then Zeppo was the quote-unquote straight man, which is old terminology for sort of the voice of reason in a comedic setting. By the early 1920s, the brothers performed in a musical review in England, or several musical reviews in England, so they had gone international. And then on 1924, they made their Broadway debut in a review called I'll Say She Is. (laughs) Just so annoying. <laughs> in 1925, they headlined on Broadway in a show called The Coconuts, and that ultimately became their first talking picture. So, by the 1930s, they had a contract with Paramount Pictures and starred in over a dozen films with them. Margaret Dumont, who plays the woman in this movie, was actually in many films with the Marx Brothers. Oh. And she frequently played the matronly character who, quote, often was on the receiving end of Groucho's jokes, never quite getting it. The brothers left Paramount after Duck Soup and moved to MGM due oh. to financial concerns. Hello, the Great Depression. And when they moved to MGM, they ended up pivoting to, quote, stronger plots, more musical numbers, and using the brothers' characters as comic foils to serious romance. So Duck Soup doesn't really, like, have a plot, necessarily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once they started doing films at MGM, they actually followed a kind of a more traditional, like, film structure yeah, yeah. than this, like, vaudeville insanity. <laughs> Later on, they did make two films with United Artists because Chico asked them to because he had huge gambling debts. And he was <sighs> like, hey, I gotta, I gotta make a lot of money. Can we please do two more movies? And then in the 1940s, Harpo and Chico made a lot of appearances in nightclubs and casinos, both separately and together. And Groucho did lots of radio shows throughout his career. Finally... Why the title Duck Soup? Mm. This is from a Roger Ebert review. The critic Tim Dirks explains, quote, It is claimed that Groucho provided the following recipe. Quote, Take two turkeys, one goose, four cabbages, but no duck, and mix them together. After one taste, you'll duck soup the rest of your life. Puns! I I guess I get it. Like avoid soup. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
but it is a pun. <laughs> if you say it fast enough, you know. And he said it so fast. <laughs> Unbelievably fast. That's the end of the historical context for Duck Soup. Um, I loved that historical context. Thank you. I was like, I was, I was following every word. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Cause yeah. I really did take a nap in the middle of it. So that's great to hear. It's cause you're a world war one aficionado. Yeah. You can just, I do. You know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you staring at maybe your own reflection? Wondering if it's your brother dressed as you <laughs> try sp- spinning around. <laughs> we'll be right back. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, thank you for that historical context. You're welcome. Thank Barbara Tuckman, really. <laughs> Thanks, we Barb's. <laughs> That's also very cool that it's called Duck Soup then, that they're like, easy peasy. We'll just get in and out. Like I guess, World War One. Yeah. And yeah. Like, wars generally. Yes. Well, Sienna, let us move along into our phone notes in which we read the notes that the other person took on their phone while watching the film. Incredible. <laughs> And you are correct. The first thing Sienna wrote was ducks in soup. That's the very first shot that they show us. It was distressing. Are some ducks sitting in like small, like a pot, cauldron. A cauldron. Yeah. Uh, and it's boiling. <laughs> or at least on the way. I really thought we were going to watch ducks die. Because it's pre-code. Right. You didn't know what we were working with either. Which, <laughs> that, you know what that would happen. be? That would be very 2001 A Space Odyssey. To just boil ducks yeah. in real time in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like what it's that. cinema. <laughs> we're like, no. I don't want that. My big question for you, maybe we can do this right now. What did you think? Of this movie? Yeah. And like, okay, sorry. I have two questions. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, what did you think of this movie? And then also, have you seen other Marx Brothers stuff? And how have you felt about it? If right. you have seen it. I have not seen other Mark Brothers stuff. Okay. I must have seen scenes or something because I'm kind of aware of them, but they mm. are one who's kind of missed yeah. my consciousness. You yeah. Know? I always expect that I'm going to see more. Um, <laughs> Every day I'm like, I'm probably going to see some Mark Brothers stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did I think is... <laughs> what did I think? Uh, I thought they could have cut the first hour. <laughs> It was one hour and eight minutes long. I love. I'm not kidding. God, the last eight minutes. Once they, once they went to wartime. Uh huh. The four brothers weren't together until like the last probably twenty minutes. Uh huh. That I loved. Uh huh. Before that, I also I I didn't not enjoy myself. I just I think the they really thrived in that last part. I was like, oh, if this is what the March brothers can do, why weren't they doing that the whole time? Yeah. Which is them like bouncing off each other and stuff. Because mm -hmm. when it's just sort of Groucho talking. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, why are you huh? being so rude? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was really comparing it to Charlie Chaplin films also, where Same. there's actually much more of like a, a an arc going mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. in those, where this one, it was just a guy kind of talking and you're wondering what's the goal yeah. in each scene. Yeah. And it's actually kind of distressing. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I was upset. Yeah. And I was confused. <laughs> and I'll yeah. say it. I was a little angry. <laughs> really the whole movie the also the jokes that they will like the vaudeville thing a lot of times the jokes they build on like the little act that they'll give us is just meant to frustrate a character yeah and so you get frustrated as well mm -hmm. going give the man his hat back <laughs> stop burning his hat in the popcorn let him have his business <laughs> he's trying to make an honest living oh my goodness me okay great yeah yeah 
I also was waiting for it to be Chaplin, yeah, style slapstick, right? And it's it, you forget that vaudeville is like different, totally. And we don't really have a language for vaudeville anymore because yeah. that's just not in our comedic range these days. Absolutely, for good reason. <laughs> no, vaudeville is sort of bad. There were a few things they said too, where you're like, "Oh, what a racist form!" Uh huh. <laughs> oh, it was a racist. Oh, art that's form. right. Okay, this is incredibly racist. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just sort of a backdrop. You know, not that much stuff happened directly in this, but there yeah. was a few references where you're like, "I'm gonna uh, look up that reference," and you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. oh baby, whoa!" Yeah, he was talking so fast that all the time I was like, "I have no idea what he said." Yeah, but I remember I specifically wrote down once I was like, "Okay, I don't know what he just said, but I do think it was incredibly racist," <laughs> and that's a good bet. Yeah. Leonie, you've said something very, um, very accurate, very logical when consuming this film. You've said, wow, mustache and eyebrow. <laughs> I'd never seen him before in my life. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> no. You've never seen Groucho Marx. This is why I felt like a baby thrown into a pool. This is an amazing opportunity. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> it is the most mustache a person could have. I was shocked. It went all the way up and all the way out. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then the eyebrows. Oh. I was like, oh, oh. And how did you feel when you got up close and could see that they were 2D? I felt angered. Okay. And then he started talking and he was American. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I just didn't understand like the cracking of the jokes. It did take me a minute. I'm like, oh, okay, this is it. We're just looking for opportunities to stand and crack jokes based on nothing at all like she hadn't even said anything and he was like what to the moon alice it was baffling it was baffling okay sorry i need to so you'd never seen groucho marx (laughs) no did you recognize were you like oh this is the guy with glasses and mustache and eyebrows i got that he was one of the brothers i was like oh okay so that's gonna be was that an an iconic form to you though or you'd literally never Okay, I'm pretty no. sure he's what those, um, you know, the fake nose with the mustache and the eyebrows. Oh, shit. And glasses are. I'm, I, I might oh, have okay. made this up, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's based off of. But maybe I made that up. Okay, well, then I guess I've seen him a lot. But <laughs> I didn't ever know. Like, Chaplin, you know, the outline of the little totally. tramp and the mustache. Yeah. This guy? That's amazing. Oh, my goodness me. It was terrifying. Yeah. Because the only reason I to look at. bring up the mustache glass thing is because I think he also has a similar iconic look. So, yeah. That and is, I believe that, but somehow I've completely missed the Marx Brothers yeah. in my years of life up until now. They don't, they're not as relevant in our current culture, I feel. And I yeah. think we've seen why. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we know why now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're impossible to understand. Sienna, I'm so glad you've written this. You've said, Harpo makes me nervous. Liana, if you search curly blonde in my notes... It'll yield a lot of results. <laughs> okay, the first one that comes up is Curly Blonde is a sociopath. Most of my notes are about him. Liana, my experience of this film mm-hmm. was, I would say, mainly characterized by me being extremely disturbed by Harpo. I was afraid to go to bed. <laughs> scary absolutely terrifying he was an unpredictable grown man with scissors Scissors. (laughs) huge huge pair of powerful scissors he kept just terrorizing people i'm so glad you didn't like him i was not sure because i also could see you being a little bit delighted because he is a 
freak. He's a freak. <laughs> He's 100% a freak. Who loves sound effects. Yeah. No, that's so funny. I thought he was, for that reason, sort of specifically sent to haunt my dreams. <laughs> because it was like a grotesque version of what I love. Yeah. And Sienna, I have a little segment for you. Okay. Which is every note I wrote about Harpo <laughs> in the film Duck Soup. They're all highlighted in a sort of a, a burnt sienna, if you will. Oh my goodness. Okay, great. And just to set the scene quickly for everybody, Harpo is the curly haired. He has blonde curly hair yeah. and he is very much a grown man, uh-huh. which is, I think what makes, and he wears, does he wear a hat? He wears a, sometimes a black top hat. Yes. Yep. And mm-hmm. as we said, he doesn't speak. Yeah. That's his whole thing. He communicates sort of via horn. Yeah. He's got props. Okay. These are Liana's notes on Harpo. Mm-hmm. She has said. Does one of them always never talk? Right, because Liana doesn't know anything. <laughs> okay, okay, it's okay. not a silent film. <laughs> Her next note is Who is this silent menace? Why does he keep Why does he keep cutting things off of him? He cut like a sausage in half and then some guy's coattails off and then a cigar and I was like this is terrifying because <laughs> Charlie Chaplin if he did that it would be for a reason because because something was stuck on him he had to cut it off or yeah. he would cut it off so that then the man would like fall through something or uh-huh. you know there'd be a reason for it uh-huh there were no reasons the way that I I'm realizing this right now the way that I felt about Harpo and Duck Soup is the way that I was supposed to feel about Anthony Perkins and Psycho <laughs> so fucked up he was so scared. Something is wrong with him. You're not wrong about that. I'm sorry, I have to process the... <laughs> Something is wrong with Harpo. <laughs> Liana Holston, 2022. Imagine me sitting alone on my couch, looking at my TV being like, Something is wrong with that. <laughs> okay, um... Liana says, seriously, someone has to explain these scissors to me. Again, remember, Liana is only partially clear on the fact that this is like a vaudeville (laughs) situation. Okay. (laughs) Liana says, further down her notes, she says, this blonde curly haired freak terrifies me. (laughs) Then she says, what the fuck? A dog just barked out of his chest. Do you remember this? He has a bunch of tattoos. What the hell was that? He's showing. What the hell was that? He goes full Teletubby, but in the worst, most unsettling way. (laughs) He has what seems to be some sort of tiny television on his tummy, (laughs) which we know is very Teletubby um, core. He's showing this like dog tattoo to I guess his brother, who is Groucho. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the dog fucking is a real dog and barks. And I said, no, 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 no. Tinky Winky would never. It was honestly the worst thing I've seen all year. I hate him with my life. <laughs> For you to be unhappy seeing a dog, that takes that's how you know. Something is wrong with him. And then this really made me laugh. So I was laughing at earlier. You have said 
something very specifically a note for me. <laughs> Curly blonde is my dust. <laughs> Which, for the listeners, <laughs> the thing I'm most afraid of in the world, and I'm so sorry to trigger anybody out there, <laughs> is the concept of the movie Tusk. <sighs> I misunderstood exactly what it was. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's a political satire. That's me in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> also a political satire. Um, I misunderstood. I thought it was a much more fucked up scenario that had to do with like sewing and stuff like that. I don't know. Nobody tell me about it. But it terrifies me. And sometimes I think about it at night. And it's basically like a fucked up walrus. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. But looking at, at Harpo in this movie, I felt the same way that you did. Discussing Tusk. Where you're like, I can't really talk about it, and I can't really look at it. I don't want to look directly at that. Are you being followed by a tiny demon with scissors? Exercise him! We'll be right back. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> so a big part of this movie, we can both agree, is that Harpo is very spooky. Very, yeah. very spooky. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good question. You've said, Liana, who is your favorite of these brothers? Yeah. Well, well we know who it's not. <laughs> Sienna, do you have a favorite? I was mostly interested for you. Um, <laughs> I guess. Thanks. You know, we're splitting hairs. Yeah. In terms of like the, the, the joy each of them brought me. Harpo brought uh, despair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other ones were very neutral. Yeah. You know, I was like trying to understand Groucho. I, so I guess, I guess Groucho. Okay. Yeah. And for me, it's gotta be, um, what is his name? Zappo? Zep. Zeppo. Zeppo. I was wondering because he was the hottest. The problem is I don't remember a single thing. <laughs> I didn't know he was in the movie. So you don't remember. But him. I'm happy for him. He was like a hot guy. Or That's great. Compared to everyone else. I literally didn't see him while watching the film. Yeah. But if I saw it again, I think I would like him. So he's your favorite simply because you didn't you you didn't perceive him. <laughs> yeah. I did not like Groucho. No. <laughs> I did not. Liana, what did you think <laughs> about Groucho? Groucho was so rude. He, he was also so rude. This is what <laughs> He was really mean. This is what separates this from a Chaplin or a Keaton film is that in those two, both of those guys get into trouble, but they always care yeah. about what's happening. Yeah. Groucho does not care at all. He, that's not endearing to watch. Like I have to, we have to deal yeah. with men who don't care about things every day on this earth. So to watch that on screen is not exciting or interesting or new. Right. The man was on the offensive. Yeah. <laughs> he and was, he, he was playing offense. He was never affected by anything either. Yeah. Even like him becoming the ruler. Yeah. He didn't talk about that. Even, like, switching places with himself in a mirror. Yeah. He was just like, no. Yeah, that weirdly did become a silent movie at that point. It it was literally quiet. I was like, did my TV break? Very spooky. Did you like the mirror scene? No. You didn't like it? I was like, oh, okay. I get what this is doing. Yeah. But we've seen that a million times, which is not this movie's fault. That's just, right. like, it's been almost 100 years since yeah. this was done. I did also Google it. Because I was like, if this is the first thing to have done that mirror sequence, that's cool and like, good job. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> so whatever. I kind of was assuming that a lot of the things they were doing was a mix of like their act and just general vaudeville goofs. Antics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how it felt. 
Felt. That's how, <laughs> that felt. how it felt. Um, I did like the mirror scene. And again, once they went to war, I thought it was fun. Like there, a missile flew into their through their window. That was pretty funny. That was very funny. I was so confused <laughs> by that point. Yeah. I was trying to also remember the details of the Guns of August by Barbara Tuckman. And so I was trying to remember the causes of the one, like which guy pissed off which specific guy yeah. for the war to begin. But there were some good lines in that scene. And like the hat gag again, I, I did observe. Uh-huh. But the line of like, like you get out there and like fight for your country and we'll be in here thinking about what a sucker you are yeah. or whatever. I was like, right. yeah. The war stuff, they we're doing something. I got that. The commentary mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it wasn't way too fast. Uh-huh. Zianna, <laughs> you've said he was in the bath. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> See, this is what I mean about the war stuff. This Things are also where he's up. a demon because he can clearly breathe underwater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently, mm-hmm. I watched this with my brother. Oh. And he mentioned that Harpo might be the horny one. I I read that. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't look into it more, but we did sort of see that towards the end because uh-huh. he goes into a woman's yeah. home. He yeah. starts approaching her and she's frightened. It's she's like, scary. get away. Yeah. And then we see a shot of her husband. And then the next shot is her going, hide, my husband's coming. And you go, wait a second. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Was she now pro, how you felt a minute ago. pro the cheating? Uh-huh. Or like, wait, yeah. sorry, what? Yeah. But uh, whatever. And then... um. He hides somewhere and the the husband's like, get out of the way. I want to take a bath. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he's in the bath, we hear Harpo's iconic horns whenever the husband leans back and you go, no, he can't be in the bath. That would be crazy for the implication to be (laughs) that Harpo is currently flattened underneath (laughs) this man's ass underwater. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. he goes to another woman's home. With his horse. Another woman? Yeah. Wow, I didn't notice that at all. Do you remember this part? Well, I remember the horse. Of course I remember the horse. And you've said, gonna have to talk about this horse. A bedtime horse. The coziest horse in the world. We're back, baby. Yeah. Horse town, USA. A horse was all tucked into bed. Oh my God, it was cute. It was my favorite part of the movie. I read somewhere today that they were sort of shaking their ass at the Hayes Codes because you weren't allowed to show a man and a woman in bed together. So they're oh. like, well, we'll have the woman in a different bed and then a man and a horse in a bed together. Ha 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 ha. Oh, that's funny. But I just liked how cozy the horse looked. Yeah. I was a little afraid because I've never really seen a horse lying down. Yeah. Especially not in a bed. Right. So I was like, ooh, is it dead? Yeah. But assuming it wasn't. Yeah. Cozy horse. Just generally... um. This was a sort of a musical. <laughs> I do have a voice note for you. Really? They, out of nowhere, began singing at the sort of beginning, but kind of well into the film. Yeah. And I took a voice recording. Please send it. <laughs> oh my God. I think this is a musical. <laughs> I know exactly what moment you mean. Yeah. Yes. And it was twice. <laughs> I, I, it really was vaudeville. That yeah. was the genre. Yeah, They just did a variety yeah. show, which happened to include two full musical numbers, including choreography. And, uh, and massive like costumes and ensemble. I loved those. Mm-hmm. 
What the hell was the middle? Very of the past. <laughs> I actually don't remember how this movie ended. They win the war by catching the guy who they were insulted, who was like, we are going to war because mm -hmm. you insulted me. Mm -hmm. um, he gets stuck in a door and they all pelt him with vegetables. And then the woman starts singing and they're like, that's so bad. We're going to pelt her with vegetables. And then it ends. Oh, my God. <laughs> I see why I blocked that out. <laughs> well, Sienna. Yes. Shall we tippity tap down old Broadway into our segment, <laughs> Badges and Tragedies? <laughs> yes. This is a segment, of course, where we give badges for Zeppo <laughs> and Tragedies for demons for demons for little demon boys i have a badge for a sidecar i love seeing those Aww. a badge for quacking in the score <laughs> there was quacking in the opening music and i said oh ducks i have a badge for comedy generally i wrote this down early <laughs> on when we were watching it and i was like i support what they're going for mm. <laughs> i can't understand a thing mm -mm. but it's a comedy mm -hmm. and you know that's good Badge for these gowns, specifically a badge for these sparkly straps. Oh, on the dancer's dress. Uh, I can't remember her name. Vera. Vera. Okay. Vera. Okay. Yeah. Her the straps on her gown that she's wearing at the beginning. Oh, uh. badge for a flamethrower. That was funny. That was shocking. A badge for a canopy bed. Okay. I'm in the market for one. If you know about one, let me know, please. Thank you. Badge for a man Zeppo walking in with half a hat. Is that who he was? Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. he was hot. Yeah. A badge for this huge quill. Oh, yeah. That uh -huh. was fun. It really moved. Badge for donut in coffee dunk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Badge for a cute dog. Aw. I know you don't remember. It was after they um, ruined the life of the popcorn salesman. Chico was yelling up at Groucho. And there was a dog next to him. And it wasn't the one in his no. chest. <laughs> Badge for the mirror scene. I enjoyed that scene. Mm. Classic. I don't remember this, but I've written badge for scram. I guess somebody says scram at some point. I... This was right before I took a nap. Oh, okay. Oh, you took a nap during the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, badge for using the helmets as a xylophone. Badge for the sparkly gown. Yeah. Another sparkly gown. Loved it. Badge for turning on the stereo instead of opening the safe. Made me laugh. Badge for only bringing your lunch to a meeting. Oh. This is when Groucho goes to like the war trial. I don't know. And he unpacks his briefcase and it's just lunch. That's amazing. And he's like, where are those papers? And they're like, I didn't think they were relevant. And he was like, yes, they were. They had my dessert in them. And I said, okay. Oh my gosh. Big old badge for Groucho's face drawn on the jug. Oh. At one point he has a big jug on his head and they paint his face on and it was genuinely very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a badge question mark. Okay. For making fun of the male ego. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. I think they were doing that. They were, I in think. In which case, badge. Yes. Mm. Badge for in one of the jokes, they said dollars taxes instead of Dallas, Dallas Texas. Texas. And it was legitimately very clever <laughs> and i went okay that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> 
my final badge is a badge for a cozy horse. Oh, we because the only other time we've seen a horse in a bed. Yeah, it was not having a good time. So to see a horse in the same angle in a bed with also its body attached Great and point. living. Great point. Love that for that horse. Reclaim beds for Reclaim, horses. Reclaim, normalize horses being in beds alive and not decapitated. Preach. Trages. Yes. My first trages for Harpo stresses me out. Oh. My uh, first trage, trage for boiling ducks? Yeah. What the hell? True. Trage for Harpo scissors. Take those scissors away from Harpo. Trage for roasting a woman for being tall. Rude. Trage for, they reference a really racist song. I'm not even going to say it, but Mm -hmm. I looked it up and it was more racist than I could have imagined. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like, it's vaudeville. That's saying something. Mm -hmm. Trage for somehow a bikinied woman on his arm. Oh, yeah. I don't remember when this was, but I guess it happened. The tattoos. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, you know, that got spooked right out of me because the dog barking out of his chest happened exactly after that. And I forgot everything I'd ever seen. (laughs) The memory got spooked right out of your head. (laughs) Trash for, I really could have done without the first hour. (laughs) I thought that their best stuff, their best gags, definitely at least started at the mirrors, the mirror portion. Mm. And maybe just when they went to war. My final trage is a trage for somehow they managed, while going to war, to fit in a scene spying on a woman undressing. <laughs> I was like, just get to the front and die already. Yeah. <laughs> well, excellent. Excellent. Liana, shall we move on to our next segment? Yes. Which, of course, is how to pretend you've seen this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is for... <laughs> this is for you're at a cooking class where you're learning how to cook duck soup. soup. Uh, and you're just minding your own business, you know, following the recipe. Mm-hmm. And Harpo. Harpo. <laughs> Smiles up to you, saying nothing. He points to the soup. And he goes, <laughs> He points to the soup, and then he does a sort of rolling movie uh-huh. uh, mime. Uh-huh. And you know what he's saying to you with his terrifying eyes uh. and his honking. <laughs> that... He is saying to you, that movie, Duck Soup, is my favorite movie in the world. I'm going to mime at you about it for a long time, very scarily, unless you stop me at this moment. And in order to stop Harpo from (laughs) scissoring you, (laughs) sorry, we're going to give you a few sentences you can say to pretend you've seen the film, Duck Soup. (laughs) Yeah, Harpo, calm down. Mm. Um, I've seen Duck Soup. I have. It is the movie that has that famous Marx Brothers mirror scene. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mirrors, I take out a little hand mirror because I don't want to look directly in the eyes of Harpo. That's I don't think smart. you're supposed to. It's like Medusa. Yeah. Or a basilisk. Looking in the reflection, I say, yes, Harpo, I've seen Duck Soup. $20 million, which is what they were asking for for the township of Fredonia, is so much money in the year <gasps> 1933. <laughs> Yes, Harpo. Oh, back away, please. Back away a little bit. You're getting closer with those scissors. Uh, I have seen Duck Soup. It really is sort of a time capsule into the vaudeville era of entertainment. And it makes you think a lot about how cartoons uh, borrow a lot of their tropes from this moment in American entertainment. Mm -hmm. 
Harpo, please stop stirring my soup with your scissors. I've seen duck soup. <laughs> There's a blink and you'll miss it moment where the president of Fredonia is wearing shorts? <laughs> yeah. And that is inappropriate it for is a world inap- leader. It's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. We don't need to see, we don't need to know you I have knees. We need to know about your knees. If you are a world leader and I can see your knees, that is inappropriate. <laughs> Very true. Yes, Harpo, I've seen duck soup. Hey, how when did you get my hat on your head? <laughs> Just keep it. Uh, but yes, I've seen that movie. You can see in each of the Marx Brothers sort of some classic clowning elements in the way that they choose their characters and run with it. We love a clown. Mm. But g- step back. Get back. <laughs> Get back, Harpo. And I twist my cauldron upside down, my cauldron of duck soup. I spill it all over the culinary table of, uh-huh. at which we are all working, and I stick it on his head. I yeah. paint his face on it, and I say, you go back to the hell from whence you came, demon. And then with a silent screech... That cannot be heard, but it can be felt. Mm. Harpo disappears. Thank God. We have banished him. Congratulations. Banished. And you clean up your little duck soup mess that you've made and think about what you've done. And now we give you some advice. In our segment, should you watch this or? In which we tell you if we think you should watch this movie or if you should do something else with your time. I know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I... I was thinking about this while watching it yesterday because the way in which Groucho Marx delivers dialogue is so rapid fire that you mm-hmm. feel like you're being accosted the whole film. And I was like, even for me, this is too much. And I, l- I listened to podcasts at 1.5 speed. Mm. So what I would do instead of watching this movie is, and I'm, I won't do this because I will forget immediately after we'd finish this recording, but I would read the screenplay of it. Because I know there were so many jokes in the script, uh-huh. and the wordplay was really good, and I honestly feel like it would be funnier in written form than mm-hmm. hearing it. Yeah. The rapid-fire delivery was actually too fast. <laughs> the the movie could have been an hour and a half. They could have taken their time with it a little bit more. Yeah. But you don't get time to laugh because they're just constantly going. Totally. And I was... In a state of sheer terror mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time. And reading it, I wouldn't have to look at Harpo's tusk face. Sienna, what would you say? This movie made me think a lot about cartoons mm. and also about how uh, my brother and I were talking about how we've kind of looped back with a lot of entertainment to be doing stuff this stupid mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend watching... Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh my gosh! I still haven't seen it. <gasps> oh, you will love it. Um, there are some big ensemble singing scenes. Oh, and, like once, similarly, like two times. Oh my god! Similarly to this one. Love. Um, it's very goofy and dumb, and such a delight. Oh. And I can understand everything they say, and it's very very fun. So anyway, I would recommend that one. Yeah. Because it's kind of the cartoonish live action experience of today. Barb, short for Barbara, and Star, short for Starbra. <laughs> Love it. It's so good. No notes. Um, Liana, how would you rate the film Duck Soup? Duck Soup. I I would give it 1.5 The Guns of Augusts by Barbara <laughs> Tuckmans. 
out of five. Excellent. I know there were parts that I enjoyed. Oh, the musical numbers yeah. I thought were great. Yeah. I enjoyed the commentary about World War One, and I enjoyed how it made me feel smug because I was like, this actually is how the war started. So, yeah. yeah. And there was a dog. Everything beyond that was like being in a tornado of chaos. <laughs> yeah. If I had been a baby thrown into a pool, I would never swim again. <laughs> Based on this film experience. So, you know, how would you rate the film Duck Soup? The main thing I'm thinking about with this experience is that now after hearing the historical context, mm. I would be much more interested in watching it again oh there were certainly parts i enjoyed as well mm -hmm. um i agree with it being a bit of a tornado of chaos yeah. like i'm not itching to watch it again you know what i mean yeah i genuinely enjoyed the last portion mm -hmm. but uh a lot of things i just couldn't follow <laughs> i see what you're saying with the screenplay but yeah i would give it i think I i'm gonna give it a 2.2 .2. whoa okay i think giving it 2.5 would be too no, much i love 2.2 .2. i'm gonna give it 2.2 .2 uh exasperated popcorn men mm. out of five mm -hmm. yeah so i think that this would be fun to watch with historical context around it like mm. that would make it even more enriching because what i did like about it was thinking about entertainment then and stuff mm. like that yeah but um it was kind of a lot <laughs> anyway made me appreciate those chaplain films i'll tell you that yeah well there you go yeah we came we ducked we souped oh my god Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Tossed Popcorn. If you want to find more content from us, we are flipping on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tossed Popcorn. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tossed Popcorn. Subscribe. Join our Discord channel. People love to hop in there and do some chatting. We might even maybe talk about what people's favorite soup is this week yeah. in the Discord. So, Because I know some of us have opinions. Yes. I also like soup. We're also all over social media at Tossed Popcorn, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We're putting stuff yeah. on those platforms. And it's different per platform. So it's worth giving a follow to yeah. each individual one. And join us next week when we will be watching Sullivan's Travels. Who? <laughs> Not the one with Jack Black. <laughs> I thought it was Gulliver. Sullivan. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you. We love, we love you. you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Oh, you know, one, one exchange that was good. Tanks. You're welcome. Yeah. War pun. All the things that I could understand, I enjoyed. <laughs> I just couldn't understand most <laughs> it of it. It was like 2% of the movie. Yeah. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.